Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. G'day there, everyone, and welcome to Red Legs Radio. We are just over 24 hours away from the clash with North Adelaide, taking on the Roosters at Cooper's Stadium. And we're heading into round three, a little bit of form as well. We are two from two, knocked off Port Adelaide, dusted the double blues, and it's the Roosters' opportunity to cop one from the mighty Red Legs tomorrow night. We've got a huge show ahead of us as well. We'll be catching up with Brent Felice from Cooper's Brewery very shortly. Harry Boyd, the big boy, the recruit from Shepparton, playing a very important role for us at both ends of the ground. A little bit of support in Ruck as well. We'll be chatting to him a little bit later on. And joining us in the studio is Taylor Jack, the new high-performance manager of the Norwood Football Club. She is in the studio ready to chat to us. Looking forward to catching up with her in just a couple of seconds from now. Well... Two from two, de- defeated the double blues. We didn't have it all our own way. I'll give you the 30-second review of the game. We got off out of the blocks absolutely superbly, kicked the first three goals, held that lead to quarter time, got a bit of pushback from the double blues in the second quarter, outstanding third term, three goals, one to one point, and then just did enough in the final term. We get over the line by a pretty comfortable 21 points in the end. So we're sitting top of the ladder. We're playing North Adelaide tomorrow night. They are in ninth position, and that is a bit of a surprise. They are one of the early premiership favourites. We're expecting an improved performance from the Roosters. We're doing it today thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar Come Home to a Climate, and also to Appel. Play out of your skin in the wonderful Appel Guernseys that we are wearing. Time to bring in our guest for tonight's show. It is Taylor Jack, the new High Performance Manager of the Norwood Footy Club. Taylor, welcome to Red Legs Radio. Thanks for having me, Hoogie. It's a pleasure. Taylor, tell me, what is high performance? What actually is it? We've heard the term all the time, but just define for us what your role is at the footy club. My role at the footy club really is just getting the boys into shape. I think my role is probably one of the lesser ones. Jade and uh, Rob Harding's role, I think, is far more superior to what my boys are. Oh, sorry, my roles are with the boys. But really, it's just making sure that they are fit and ready on the training track during the week. So that comes from a game preparation standpoint. So me getting their job done in the weights room. Um, But primarily, it's the on-field conditioning for me as well. So they had a pretty lengthy pre-season with me. I think they were pretty sick of me and my whistle. Definitely was sick of my voice, I think, by the end of that period. But I think they are slowly starting to uh, understand where it was that I was coming from a few weeks ago now. So they've trusted the process, absolutely. And it's uh, it's great to see that it's starting to pay off now that we're rolling into round three. As an independent observer, and I don't like talking about body shape, uh, men or women, but it just looks to me we've got some guys who are leaner and fitter than perhaps what we saw them in 2020. I'll just identify two guys, and I'm not trying to embarrass them, but Brad McKenzie looks like an absolute athlete. And Don Barry, who's been fantastic up forward in the first couple of weeks, he looks sinewy. He looks quite impressive as well. Has that been 
uh, one of the factors is to really up the, the when we talk about high performance, to really get those elite standards with the fitness. Absolutely. We brought in a new culture absolutely this year with the club. Um, yes, you did mention a couple of them. There are a few more. It's safe to say that when we ordered the Guernseys originally in pre-season, <laughs> we've had to reorder and readjust a couple of them. Brad McKenzie, uh, he has created a new nickname for himself on the field. Um, Come so, on, you're not you're not letting I'm not letting oh, you walk past us on that one. The brass, but you know it's one to be proud of. It is skinny Brad, so skinny Brad, <laughs> skinny Brad, very nice. Okay, uh, he's looking great. Like you said, Barry's in fine form. Um, there's definitely a few of them out there that have absolutely leaned out over the preseason period. I think that is probably credit to the way that we've trained over the preseason and the running program that I put them through. I think the strength component as well, um, having them in the gym a couple of times a week under a structured program, has really obviously helped too. I think that's also a reflection of where perhaps our soft tissue injuries are at the moment next to none sure um so their preparation coming into it is now starting to showcase and yeah it's nice to see that a lot of supporters and members are actually acknowledging and, and seeing the transition from the boys from last season coming into this season taylor do you oversee the women as well as the men i do i'm actually meant to be overseeing the entire club so i do have a little bit of uh, role to play with the junior program as well um i've got ray though who comes in and helps me out with the 16s and 18s program 16s program obviously wrapping up in the next couple of weeks um they unfortunately lost to north adelaide last night um but the boys had a pretty stellar performance and from what I heard I was at the women's training but it sounded like it was a great game but yes I look after the women's as well so the women absolutely there is a clear difference from what last season looked like to this season in terms of the fitness of the girls their 2k time trial results were astronomical from where they were pre-Christmas to where they came back post-Christmas so the girls have been really compliant working with Matt Creeper I actually live with Matt Creeper so we talk all things footy 24-7 pretty well I can't seem to escape him (laughs) on and off the field but it's great so they are moving in leaps and bounds too. Uh, Taylor, football clubs have always been a patriarchy. And here you are, young woman, uh, clearly very well educated, intelligent. You've travelled, you've done all sorts of things in sport right around the world. But you're dealing with guys who have played AFL football who think they know everything. Did you get some pushback initially? Honestly, no. The guys trusted me, I think, as soon as I walk in. It was all about building the relationship and rapport with them. I think I've done that well enough with them. Um, some of the guys, I reckon, did question some things, not questioning me and my ethic, but I think they just, I think maybe perhaps they trusted me actually mm. is what it was. So we've been able to have some really in-depth and quality conversations, been able to take them both off the field as well, which has been great. So no, I can confidently say that I've had no pushback from any of the guys and they've completely trusted the process from the beginning. Um, but I think that's also a credit to um, Jade Twig, like the two of us, and then in conjunction with Rob as well, the three of us working together, we've brought in a different kind of culture to the club. Um, and the guys have just, like I said, trusted us from the get-go and they've completely bought in. Taylor, do you have a match day role? I do have a match day role. Um, I've kind of got a guy that works offside of me as well. Um, his name's Geordie. Uh, so he looks after my GPS for me on game day, but sometimes Geordie's got other roles on game day as well. So I do all the game day prep. So running them through their warm ups on and off the field. So my game day is actually kind of manic, <laughs> working between the reserves, especially if they're rolling into the two, uh, in, rolling into the league side. Um, and then, yeah, on game, I will just live GPS. So I'll keep the headset on and I'll be in close talk with with Robin the other assistant line coaches as to where guys are at who's been sitting on the bench where it is that we can perhaps roll guys up and forward through to changing some maybe some structural stuff around wow okay so that's quite advanced therefore so are you sort of almost a bit of a liaison between right the doctor says this guy's got this sort of problem we think we can get this much out of him I'm going to have to explain that to the senior coach that this is as much as we can expect and no more do you have to sort of 
walk the tightrope between those sorts of different expectations? Correct. I'm the one that's doing laps around the over with a laptop <laughs> in my hand, <laughs> beelining the coaches when they come back down at the quarter time breaks just to do the quick assessment from where we are, if we have had any injuries or any, any niggles perhaps in the quarter that we've just come out of. Um, and then, yeah, how many slight adjustments we could make or how we can get the most and best out of our players rolling into the next period. Uh, what about guys who, I mean, these are all pretty much part-time footballers. What are the challenges that you face with putting a high-performance program into part-time athletes? Absolutely. It's a new role for me. I'm used to working with full-time athletes, mm. so it's absolutely something I've had to consider coming into the role. These guys spend most of the days, or most of them really, I should say, are on the tools from 6, sure. 7 a.m. in the morning. So that's something that you absolutely have to take into consideration coming into then the training session that especially we are putting these guys through. So there have been some factors that we've had to maybe shift and alter. Um, we understand that each individual athlete is an individual athlete. Like it, You can't have a a one size fits all approach. So it's, it's never going to work that way. So I think that's something that we've done really well is being able to alter the programs individually, even their running program over the pre Christmas period. And then all the entire preseason, really, it was individualized. The guys weren't running the same effort, the same length at the same time. It was all very, very altered to what would best fit and cater for them. And then taking into consideration, perhaps pre-existing injuries that might be arising from. Taylor, have you overhauled the gymnasium? That's my understanding, that uh, the gym looks very different to perhaps what we've seen in the past. I've had a little bit of a shake-up in the Norwood Football Club gym. Yes, I think I might have ruffled a couple of feathers perhaps starting through. We uh, we have removed the pin-loaded equipment out of the gym. I think it was a bit of a culture shock down there as well, but I'm quite excited with what, what it is we've been able to deliver. So I've put in a brand new rig down there, brand new equipment, thanks to Flex Fitness. So they are a WA brand. They've helped us out, kind of been a bit of a sponsor for us. So They've been fantastic with helping me go through the whole development process. The guys are loving it. We've got some Iron Edge plates down there as well, which is really exciting. Um, and I've also been able to bring in an app called Fit as well, which is really exciting. So it's a strength conditioning software, which has been able to help me do all of my programming. Again, that helps from the individual level as well. So guys perhaps who are returning to play, got a bit of rehab that we're trying to work through at the same time, they can slide into the team list and they don't feel like they're left to their own devices. So it's very, very closely managed and Tightly monitored, to say the least. <laughs> so you, you are speaking a language that uh, high performance managers and elite fitness people okay. will understand. But for the the lay person, if you like, the yep. supporter who perhaps has seen a little bit of a football gymnasium and they expect to see young blokes bench pressing all sorts of ridiculous numbers and then getting on a shoulder press and maybe a lateral pull down or yep. something like that. What does the gym look like now? <laughs> uh, from, a, from a lay person's perspective, what sort of uh, weight bearing exercises are the players doing? The boys are doing a lot of uh, back squatting, front squatting and deadlifting. Um, we're trying to integrate them more into what an Olympic lift might look like. Okay, um, see, this is good. I'm yeah. interested in this, yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, it's gone to the days where the boys just get to bicep curl in the gym. So I think I've lost a few brownie points there with them in that regard, but I've tried to up them in other in other areas. So um, they spend two lifts with me each week that are very, very structured. Um, one of their lifts is more of a lower body focus. And then usually the one that's one or two days out from game day will be more of an upper body focus, but they're quite injury prevention orientated. Um, but we do get to do a little bit of compound lifting as well. So those are the things that are like with the back squat, front squat, those deadlifts, bigger lifts. Yeah. Love it. Do you, um, do you judge yourself on wins and losses. I mean, that's the, what the football club judges itself on. And I mean, your program has been ongoing since you first arrived, I reckon in, what was it sort of November, December last yeah, year? October, yeah, October you, last year. I think it was when I kind of moved back into the parade. So you, you have a six month body of work at the football club as such, but for fans like me and people listening, they're only bothered about what happened last week and the week before. Yeah. Is that a focus for you or do you have to try and distance yourself from what goes on on the field? Um, 
good question. My I I look at my performances how well we went over preseason. So coming mm. into round one was a really important game for me, and sure. then facing Port Adelaide as well. Um, I know a lot of the other high performance managers across the other clubs, and really we're all mixing the same recipe. It's just who can really cook it the best. So that's quite an interesting point to come into each week, like knowing who it is that I'm facing and what perhaps they've done during the week. I'm not concerned about what they've done because I'm really happy with where it is that we're sitting, and I'm really proud of what the what the guys have done and achieved so far, especially now rolling into round three. Um, but no, I kind of remove myself from the wins and losses. It's more of an individual performance, like how well guys have actually played on the field. And I look at it as well from a, perhaps a running numbers perspective, especially when I'm looking at GPS data, um, or if any injuries were to occur, how it is that we can then move forward with those. How do you assess the victory over Sturt personally? I made the point at the top, we didn't get it all our own way. We lost the lead in the second quarter, had a really good third quarter and just held on in what was a, 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 a gritty sort of game of football, I suppose. I know you know your footy. Um, what did you what did you make out of that result? It was a win. Like mm. it was a great it wasn't really a, a clean win. We we acknowledged that, but it was it was still a win and I think it was a really hard game of football. The guys did really well. Sturt played a different brand probably to what we maybe thought they were gonna come in with. They came in really hard, but on the oval's quite a small oval, so we expected it to be perhaps quite back forth. GPS numbers weren't overly high. There wasn't a lot of high speed exposure that the guys saw over the week, um, or that game, sorry, but that's okay. The guys played well. We played our brand of football in elements there. We've still got a little bit of um, improvement to make in some areas, but all in all, you know, happy with their performance. Taylor, we've got a fair bit more to talk about here. We need to get a break out of the way. You happy just to stick around yeah, for a little absolutely. bit longer? We're talking to Taylor Jackson, the high performance manager for the Norwood Football Club. We've been talking about her relationship with the Norwood Football Club. We're going to find out a little bit more about her and her background and how she has ended up here at the Norwood Football Club very shortly. In the meantime, you are listening to Red Leg Radio. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, that's right. You are listening to Red Legs Radio. You are with Ben Hook, and you are here. Thank you to Appel. Play out of your skin and climate air conditioning and solar. Come home to a climate. What the sweeper didn't say is that we are joined by Taylor Jack. She is the high-performance manager of the Norwood Football Club. She's been good enough to join us. Taylor, uh, tell us about your origins with the Norwood Football Club, because it's not the first time you've been here. It is not the first time. I am back on the parade, which is nice to be home. So... I was working back at the club with the junior programs, probably would have been a good six or so years ago now, working with 18s and 16s. So I originally just started as a sports trainer there uh, whilst I was doing my undergraduate at UniSA, doing my exercise science degree. Um, and then was lucky enough to then in the last six months whilst I was there, step into a bit of an S&C role. So similar to what it is that I'm doing now, but just at a slightly lower level whilst I was finishing off my degree. Uh, and then the 18s coach at the time, uh, he then... Uh, scored a position with the SNFL as the talent manager for the female pathway and he took me with him so that's how I then fell back into footy still so I've only ever worked in footy whilst I've been in Australia which right. is quite cool and then you ended up with uh, AFLW programs so just explain a bit about what you were doing there AFLW programs, they were more so working in conjunction with the AIS programs. So whilst I was working with the state programs under the SANFL, uh, we were then feeding in 
linked to the AFLW essentially. So I was working with the state programs uh, here in SA. So we had a couple of girls that have now luckily enough been drafted through to the Adelaide Crows. Uh, Anyone in particular you're really proud of that have, have made huge changes to their, not their physical shape, but just their physical development, I suppose, because that's, I guess, your focus. Anyone that you think, wow, that's just so impressive. I'm really proud of all of them. Yeah. And I don't mean to be biased there either. Um, but I was really quite proud of Hannah Munyard. Um, she was brave enough to actually move away to the Western Bulldogs and now has been picked up by, by the Crows. Um, Maddie Newman, another one, a little Westies girl. Um, she was great. I think she's got a fantastic little quick step and is fast down the wing. Uh, Tia Charlton, who's still going strong for the Crows now. She's had a cracker season with them. Um, I've worked with Tia for a few years, so she's a bit of a superstar. But all of the girls are fantastic, even Monty. Um, Montana McKinnon, she's great in the rock. She's She's got a bit of a leap on her, but she's kind of stepped back a little bit now and playing a little bit more down at South. Um, but even Indy Tahu, who's now playing up at Brisbane, she has moved in leaps and bounds. That kid who has only been introduced to AFL probably in the last 18 months mm. and to now be playing in a grand final, um, good on her. Like She doesn't really understand how good she is at the game and she is very athletic. Taylor, do you are you satisfied in high performance in men's and women's football, or do you you've been so heavily involved in football for so long now? Do you think maybe coaching is a pathway for you? Never considered coaching coaching as a pathway. If I'm being completely honest, I um I don't think I can see if I'm being completely transparent the eye for the game like the coaches do. But absolutely working with with Rob and Jade now, I'm starting to understand the game a little bit more, and I'm able to see some structural setup. One day, maybe it could be a consideration, but I think I've got my eyes on other goals and staying a little bit more in my lane of the high-performance sport. We've seen, obviously, women are playing. We've seen women uh, involved in coaching women. We have seen uh, a, a woman in high performance. How far away are we from a woman coaching a men's football team? Good question. I don't reckon we'd be too far at all, really. Mm. I mean... I believe that the best person who's suited for the job should be the one awarded the job. I don't think it really matters on gender. I get asked the question all the time, like, oh, you're a female working in mm. working in a men's sports program. It's like, yep. Mm. <laughs> I really honestly don't really acknowledge it a great deal. If anything, I see it as a challenge. I was challenged during my undergraduate degree. We had a guest speaker come in, a very well-known name. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Um, but he actually pulled me and someone out in the auditorium and said, you know, if I was to be recruiting for this position right here, right now, would I take... A, being me, or B, being you. And that was another one of the guys who was in the lecture theatre. And I said, I guess it would be a cultural fit and who the best person is qualified for the job. And he went, I see where you're going with that, but I'd probably take him because he's a male. And I went, oof, yeah. alrighty. So I think he's really fueled my fire. And I think maybe he's perhaps a slight credit to maybe some of my success so far, <laughs> my driving force and motivation. And, and I mean, look, we're, we're thrilled having it, Noah. We don't want to see you move on. <laughs> but is, you know, AFL club, is that sort of where you may be angling towards down the track? AFL club, absolutely one day. I think if I want to stay in Australia, AFL is where I've probably got my, my path set on. Um, I'm working down at Sassy at the moment as well. I've scored a 12-month contract down there. So at the moment, I'm working with some of our para-athletes um, and they are so rewarding to mm. work with. So one day, I'd probably like to have my eyes set on working directly with an Olympic team and having sole focus with just a particular sport, maybe challenging myself outside of the AFL. It's a Norwood Footy Club show, so I don't want to get too far off <laughs> no. track here. But uh, just g give us a, a bit of an overview of some of the sassy para-athletes that you're working with because I spend a bit of time reporting on these guys and girls and they are incredible, aren't they? They're incredible athletes. Their sheer determination. You just treat them like they are complete able-bodied mm. athletes. I throw things at them all the time that I think other coaches might you know, question or challenge and be like, oh, is that a good idea? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, mm. I don't think we should be able to discriminate them, like realistically speaking. Of course. Um, 
but no, they're great. And I think that's why they've bought into my programs that I deliver for them as well. And I just treat them as though they are an able body athlete. I challenge them in the exact same ways. So they are incredible. So I'm primarily working with cyclists at the moment. Um, new sport for me. I haven't really doubled in that area before, but they're, yeah, they're great. And I'm working with a basketballer at the moment too. Talking with Taylor Jack, she's the high performance manager of the Norwood Football Club. Taylor, I was expecting to pick up a little bit of a an American twang from you <laughs> because you have spent, uh, I think, three years at the University of Louisville in Kentucky. What was that experience like? I was only actually at Louisville for about seven months in the end. Oh, take so, it all back. So, yes. I have been still caught up in the States, but since COVID hit, I've kind of been working remotely. So right. I'm at the University of Utah a little bit still now. Um, but primarily I was with the University of Louisville. So I was in Kentucky. I was doing my internship over there. So I finished off my master's um, with an internship and yet caught the first flight that I could out. And I was luckily offered enough position over with, uh, yeah, the University of Louisville, the Cardinals. The so. Cardinals. Yeah. Now, my understanding is their basketball program is enormous. Uh, they have uh, huge crowds, men's and women's games. Was that an experience for you? Absolutely, it was. Um, our women's program, they are fantastic athletes, those girls. They work so, so, so hard. They actually have just gone to the, if anyone is a basketball fan, Mad March has obviously just happened sure. if you are interested in college basketball. Um, and our girls made it through to the Elite Eight, which was fantastic. And they had their sights set on that for last year. So we were in the ACC conference. Um, and yes, we do very, very well with our basketball programs. Our basketballers were actually really lucky enough last season that they played the US women's team. Um, partway through their year. So that was fantastic to have the crowds pulled for that and for the girls to play against that calibre of athlete, especially someone who they aspire to be and playing against some of their role models and mentors was uh, was very rewarding to both watch and be a part of. Um, and we talk about the AFL grand final as the big dance or the big <laughs> dance, but Mad March, that is the original big dance. Is that right? It is huge. It is it is very, very big over in the States. So they all kind of flood to a, flood to a hub um, and it is on. Uh, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about uh, AFLW. Excited for the grand final here on Saturday? Very excited for the grand final. It should be a cracking day. It's nice to be able to hold it here at Adelaide Oval. Are you comfortable that we're in the right time slot for AFL women's football? I mean, there is an argument that it is getting a little bit swept up or a, a bit smothered by the amount of AFL men's football that's going on at the moment. Oh, I think it's hard. I mean, I think it would be great to see, to see one day the, the women's season perhaps reflect the men's and they roll into like a similar schedule and fixture. It makes it really hard for our SA girls as well, who they almost have a 10 to 11 month of a year season. By the time they start with us in the Sample W programs and they roll through to the state programs, then once our season's finished, the VFLW then kicks off. So mm. then half of them flood over to Victoria or they go and play in NT. And then by the time that really wraps off, they kind of get October, half of November off, and they're back into preseason really already with us again. So it would be nice to see it flow over, but it is what it is at this point. And I think it's just great to be able to see the crowd numbers really rise. Do you think we'll see, and we're starting to see a, a Sandful W season expand out. I, I imagine we're not far away from 14 rounds. Everyone plays each other twice. We're at 11 rounds at the Perhaps, moment. Yes. Do you think we'll see an AFLW full season as well? That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I'm saying. It'd be nice to be able to mirror a little bit more and drag the season out. Um, it'd be nice for all the teams to be able to play each other rather than them kind of being in a conference setup, which is what they are at the moment. But understanding logistically speaking as well, COVID's caused its own little read its ugly head again. And we've just made do with what we could. Um, will AFLW, you've obviously had some involvement in other sports. Will AFLW potentially kill participation in other sports? 
I don't know about killing participation. It really depends on how good those sports are at their talent ID programs and if they can recruit properly. I think with the success that AFLW is at the moment, absolutely numbers are going to continue to rise and you can already see the difference in the athlete as they roll through now. Some of these kids have been exposed to AFL since they were at a very young age and I think that's the way that it should be. We're starting to see a little less um, transferability and cross-coding going on now. I mean, it's a little bit hard at the AFLW level still with a lot of these girls being you know, a little bit older. They've obviously come from other sports, but... I wouldn't say that they perhaps are going to kill other sports, but I think it's absolutely going to become one of our bigger bigger female programs that will rise through Australia. Another rule that's uh, come into AFL recently, well, it, it started out as the con- concussion substitute and it's yep. become the medical substitute now. Uh, where do you think we are at in your experience and, and all of your research and understanding of concussion? Do you think that the AFL is on the right track with a compulsory 12-day layoff, which, of course, is topical at the moment because it's going to cost Chelsea Randall her spot in the grand final. Do you think that's where we need to be or do we need to be continually looking out for where that's at? Look, I think it's fantastic that they have considered it from multiple angles and, you know, they're being a little bit realistic. It it is quite a severe and serious scenario. Um, I don't think they've necessarily been... Uh, too cautious with it I think especially considering it is the head (laughs) you probably should be over cautious rather than under Um, working within a little bit of the NFL space as well concussions happen on the daily and I don't think the Americans handle it probably the best way that we do but then again that's something that isn't very commonly known is that I think Australians do really hold the standardization for where we should really be in high performance sport and looking at it from a medical standpoint as well we definitely take care of our athletes far more superior to what other sports perhaps do. So hence why I'm endorsing the 12-day rule. Taylor, last one. It's around about six o'clock now on Thursday night. Describe for me what your next 24 hours will be like. Are we training this evening and then what happens tomorrow, lead up to game, game time, uh, until I guess the seniors run out on the ground. We absolutely are training, always training. So yeah, boys will be out on the track tonight. So if anyone wants to come down to the club and see the boys get their red legs run in, so they'll have a little kick, get their heads into the right space. Um, any questions, we'll go into a review. Um, we're considering a bit of a lift tonight. Whether we do that or not, that'll be another another piece of the puzzle. But the guys are ready. They're looking great. Game day rolling through. It'll just be making sure that my GPS units are charged and ready to go. The boys are in a good spot. Any last questions? It's great. I've got a good relationship with a lot of the guys. So my phone is constantly going off with questions and messages. So it's um it's really good. We're, we're going to be firing for North Adelaide. It's actually funny. My partner, he coaches for the North Adelaide Football Club. So it's been hostile. Oh, that, our, it's I been rather hostile this. in our house this week. So what's his name? Jason Rivett. And what's his role there? He is working on the bench coach at the moment doing their rotations. So... So uh, what happened? I mean, you're going to just completely fresh air him tomorrow when you walk past him? It could be something like that. It could be like a little head nod or it could be, (laughs) you know, a a grunted shake. We'll see how we go, shaking the head. (laughs) Could be a complete disregard for him on game day. (laughs) Taylor, brilliant. We're so thrilled to have you at the Norwood Football Club. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. All the best with the year. I know that, um, you know, this is going to be a groundbreaking year for you if uh, the legs go all the way to the premiership. It's going to be very much uh, as uh, in part – not significant. Well, definitely significantly. Um, the 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 role that you will play. So, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck for the rest of the year. Thanks for having me, Hooky. Hopefully, I speak to you soon. That's Taylor Jack, the high performance manager of the Norwood Football Club, joining us on the other side. We're going to be catching up with the new recruit from the Shepherd and Bears. His name is Harry Boyd. Hope you're enjoying the program. You're listening to Redleg Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning, Climate Air Conditioning and Solar, simply the best.
You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Welcome back to Red Legs Radio. Great to have your company in the lead up to tomorrow night's big game at Cooper Stadium. We're taking on the North Adelaide Football Club. And joining us, well, one of the stars of the uh, opening couple of rounds of the season, a boy who I expected to see playing a key role in defence for us, in particular with Michael Talia out on the sidelines at the moment. But he's playing a bit of a role at both ends of the ground and in the ruck as well. I'm talking about Harry Boyd, the boy who has joined us from the Shepherd and Bears. Harry, welcome to Red Legs Radio. Thanks very much for having me, Ben. Harry, uh, I had uh, penciled you in defender, 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 and yet I'm watching the football at uh, Unley Oval on Saturday afternoon against the Double Blues, and there you are up forward. Uh, is there uh, something you didn't tell us? Are you are you were secretly a, a Tony Modder in disguise? <laughs> I've definitely spent time at uh, both ends of the ground in uh, junior football. And, uh, yeah, after speaking to Twig, he was pretty keen to have me in the forward line. Well, so that must be, like, for someone who spent a bit of time as a defender, that must be a, a nice re- release, if you like, to be able to get up forward and be a bit more creative. Yeah, it's definitely um, a, a different role from the last couple of years I've played my footy. But, um, yeah, just excited to be up there and uh, excited to be playing in the uh, league team, that's for sure. Big move into state, Harry. What uh, what clinched it for you to come to Adelaide? Um, oh, after speaking to Nick Roker, played footy together at uh, yep. the Shep Bears. Um, he uh, sold a pretty exciting footy club. And, um, yeah, after that, I was uh, pretty keen to come across. And a year in COVID definitely uh, made things pretty exciting to come over here. You um you look magnificent in that uh, delightful navy guernsey that we wear, mate. It must be nice to get out of that horrendous Shepparton yellow jumper that uh, the Bears sport. <laughs> nah, the uh, it's a beautiful jumper, the old Shepparton jumper. But, uh, <laughs> it's good to be across here, that's for sure. <laughs> what about uh, opening game uh, home at Port, uh, versus Port Adelaide at Cooper Stadium? Uh, I don't know if you've uh, had that experience before of a crowd like that, Harry. What was that like for you that opening night? Yeah, that was a real buzz. It's funny when you're playing, you probably don't notice it at times because you're so concentrated on the game. But uh, a few of the boys, like Tommy Wagner um, and myself, were pretty uh, excited running around at uh, three-quarter time of the junior game, and uh, we're kind of pinching ourselves for a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was amazing to be out there. Oh, the other thing as well, as we, we've noted, you um, you played your footy in Shepparton. Um, I reckon it'd be about four degrees maximum at the moment in Shep, so uh, a little bit of warmer weather's probably a bit pleasant for a big key forward as well. Yeah, no, it is quite nice. You get definitely get a few winter days um, in, uh, especially the middle of June and July, that's for sure. But um, yeah, definitely in pre-season, had to get used to Adelaide's hot weather pretty quickly. Harry, a 22-year-old, uh, and we know that bigger blokes often develop a little bit later. Is the AFL dream still alive for you? Oh, just to be honest, at the moment, it's just playing the best footy I possibly can be, and that's here at Norwood at the moment. So um, I've got other things going on with university and, and stuff, so I'm just really enjoying my time here, and whatever happens, happens, to be honest. Well, let's talk about what's going on a little bit off-field. University, just describe what you're studying at the moment. Um, so I finished a science degree, so ha- currently doing a uh, graduate certificate in health promotion and hopefully uh, moving into physiotherapy uh, next year. My understanding is you're also the football club's resident personal trainer. Is that right? Um, oh, you could say so a little bit. So uh, when I first got here, I was living with Brenton Clavey and um, 
they had a little fitness group um, going and um, he asked if I wanted to take it um, considering I had the, the science and physiology degree under my belt and um, yeah I've kind of uh, um, taken that uh, taken that role and got there's a group of us and uh, to anyone out there if uh, you're looking to uh, uh, do a bit more fitness and uh, uh, kind of promoting men's health um, Monday Wednesday and Friday mornings we're running a uh, a personal training group down there at uh, six and seven o'clock, and um, yeah, it's been been really fun. So, so there you have it, and and you you look well. You're happy to take more customers if you like, uh, Harry. Is that right? So, preferably Norwood supporters, but don't have to be. Uh, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, six a.m. and seven a.m. at Cooper Stadium, and I think, am I right that you get the opportunity to use the gymnasium there at Norwood and have a run around on the oval? Is that right? Yeah, we, we do all sorts of things, whether that be just uh, a little bit of gym exercises or um, we go out and stay able, play, play the odd game of footy or a bit of frisbee and stuff like that. And Yeah, it's um, yeah, looking to add more people and um, just grow a little community down there for, um, for promoting men's health. And um, trust me, we've got people of all abilities down there, so um, don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, we, we reckon that uh, the Norwood Footy Club players are as fit as they've looked for a couple of years, Harry. What about the Norwood Football Club supporters? How would you describe the fitness levels there? We're improving, that's for sure. <laughs> we, um, we, we're getting there. Um, trust me, the first session, we um, I had a bit of a, a session planned for them. And um, put it this way, I had to change it a fair bit by the second <laughs> session just to um, accommodate for everyone. Dumb just, it down a little. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you could you could say that slightly. <laughs> oh, magnificent stuff. Hey, uh, let's just uh, touch on the footy a little bit. Of course, we've got the big game against uh, North Adelaide tomorrow night. But just if we can just back over uh, the last couple of rounds, dominant performance against Port Adelaide really had uh, control of the game right the way through. It did seem like uh, there were some periods where we really struggled to control the game against Sturt, and in particular. I mean, your fo- your last quarter was absolutely sensational. Saved us a couple of times with taking some some big marks. But uh, what was the assessment? What was Jade's assessment of the performance against Sturt in a game which was it was a struggle for a while? Yeah, it definitely was. I think we we started really well in the first quarter and had that wind. And um, I could probably you could probably say at times we we thought it was going to happen for us in that, the start of the second quarter. Yep. And then um, towards the probably last ten five minutes of the. Um, the second quarter, we kind of uh, turn turn the game back into a contest, which is what we wanted. And then it was pleasing to see in the, in the second half we um, played the way we wanted to and um, made it really hard for Sturt to score. And then we put a few goals on on the board ourselves. What are you expecting to see from North Adelaide tomorrow night? Um, they're a good team. Like I'm obviously learning the sandful um, as I go a fair bit, but um, yeah, it was just another strong outfit. I think it's. Um, it's common to see every team playing good footy, so you you really expect just a, a tough a tough contest, and um, hopefully we can come out on top. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm surprised they're Norton two to be honest. North, I think they'll be they're, they're certainly a better side than that. Now, I always like to check if uh, someone in particular new to the club has done their homework. I chatted to Jade Rawlings. I set it. I set the bar pretty high for Jade, just with a couple of quiz questions on. His general knowledge of Samful football and the Norwood Football Club in particular. I've got four or five questions for you to wrap us up, Harry. I've set the bar pretty low for you, mate. I know you're new to the club, but let's just see how you fire with my little impromptu quiz. Firstly, question number one. What colours are North Adelaide? 
uh, red and white. Well done. Very good. Do you know who their coach is? I have no idea. Yeah, former, <laughs> former Port Adelaide player, halfback flanker. Remember Jacob Surgeon? I've heard the name. Right there you are. Well, he'll be coaching. Uh, he'll be coaching North Adelaide. Right, uh, this one's pretty straightforward, and you get a, you get a free hit here. Name a past great of the Norwood Football Club. Uh, Michael H. Michael H. Get you get. Well, I will tell you what, he is probably the greatest up alongside Keith Thomas and Michael Taylor and uh, Gary McIntosh as well. So you, you, I'll give you double points there. And can you name the the year the club last won the premiership, Harry? It was um, it was the third in three in a row, and it was in the last decade. Two thousand fourteen. Correct, Harry Boyd. You star. Not only are you starring off the field for the club, you are growing your knowledge exponentially about us as well. Hey, Harry, all the best tomorrow night. Love the way you've performed over the per- first couple of rounds. We can't wait to see you uh, do some damage against the Roosters. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks for having me. Harry Boyd there, the uh, key defender, key forward, second ruck for the uh, the Norwell, I'm going to say the Redlegs Football Club, the Norwood Football Club. Great to have him on board. Uh, we're off to a break. On the other side, we're going to be catching up with uh, the team from Cooper's Brewery. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, in the final term here at Red Legs Radio, we've got the big game tomorrow night against the Roosters. We're doing it all thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar and Appel. And I tell you what, the boys look absolutely wonderful in their Appel Guernseys at the moment. On top of uh, the great support that we get from Climate Air Conditioning and Solar and Appel, if you know anything about the Norwood Football Club, you know that they have a wonderful link with Cooper's Brewery. And joining us, well, I don't even know what your title is. His name's Brent Felice. Brent, what is your title at Cooper's Brewery, mate? Good to see you, Hookie. Uh, my title actually is sales manager, on-premise sponsorship and events. Right. Okay. So that means you go to every Cooper's related function, I would have thought. Yeah, that's it. Not good for the waistline. You're the party boy. Party boy. <laughs> getting a bit old for, for being a party boy, Hookie, but uh, that that's the title. 76 years with the Norwood Football Club. That is unique in South Australian sporting partnerships, I would have thought. Yeah. We've done some history on, on that particular sponsorship, Hookie, and it dates back to 1946 when... Uh, Glenn, our, our current chairman's father, Ken Cooper, and uh, his wife Marjorie um, started the um, started the sponsorship, started out the Cooper's involvement with the Norwood Footy Club back in in '46. And as you say, it's in its '76 year. We believe that maybe Geelong um, with Ford is, is the only uh, longer tenure that's still currently in place as far as the sponsorship's concerned. So we're pretty proud of it. Yeah, it's quite amazing. And the club, sorry, the club, the the brewery Coopers, once again, the Coopers family stepped up when uh, the Wolf Blast Community Centre was being established and put your hand up and made a huge contribution to that as well. They did, Hooky. The late Bill and and Joe Cooper uh, put in a quarter of a million dollars, which is just a, a magnificent contribution to that wonderful new facility and a, a facility that uh, every, every Norwood member supporter should be very, very proud of. And, and also, it's just not um, the late Bill and, and Joe, but also Dr. Tim Cooper and Barbara Cooper, Melanie Cooper, Glenn and Elspeth Cooper, Cam Pierce and Robin Cooper have all contributed out of their own pockets towards the new facility. So uh, it's, a, it's a, a real Cooper's involvement and Cooper's feel. Do the Cooper's family still get a thrill out of 
going to Cooper Stadium and watching the legs and seeing the huge crowds on Cooper's Hill. What's that experience like for oh, them? Absolutely. We've got the, the whole family basically there for the for the North Adelaide game uh, tomorrow night, which will be uh, which will be really exciting. So you'll have uh, you'll have Tim there and Melanie and, and Cam and Robin and uh, Glenn and Elspeth. So they're all they're all there. Um, for the pre-match dinner and and look forward to watching their legs. Hopefully have a good victory over the Roosters. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the products that uh, I want to ask you. I reckon there might be a new one about to hit the shelves as well. Uh, 1862 I want to ask you about first of all. That's my personal favourite 1862. Just uh, tell us a little bit about what's well, obviously got some lengthy origins, but uh, tell us a little bit about how that's uh, shaping in the market at the moment. Yeah, so when when we talk 1862 hooky, we... We talk about the, the the date that obviously Thomas Cooper formed the uh, formed the brewery, and he initially uh, brewed beer for medical reasons for his for his sick wife out of a out of a bathtub. So what Tom, a good husband! What a good husband! So feed your feed your wives beer, ladies and gentlemen. Feed, feed your wives beer. So that that's how the uh, the company um, started, and and next year into two thousand twenty two, we celebrate our hundred sixtieth year. So yeah. that's something to to really be uh, be proud about. But yeah, we've had the old Cooper sixty two, which which is a play on the old eighteen sixty two two name. But our our top beers are the Cooper's Parlale. The original Parlale yep. is is our biggest selling beer. Um, we've got, of course, the original um, sparkling ale still with the original recipe. Sparkling ale is still in the marketplace. And we're particularly proud of recent times of a couple of the new cans that have come into place. The Pacific Parlour, which mm-hmm. was the old session ale, the blue can, yep. and the purple can, the, the XPA. And there's been a real push just the last 12 months, hooky, into, into mid-strength beers in South Australia as well. So our orange can or the mild ale 3.5 is, is growing uh, really positively for us. And we have a new beer, you're right. The new beer that is coming out being launched on Monday, the 19th of April, is the Australian IPA. So the Australian IPA will have a, a desert-coloured can and we'll have just a limited release of kegs, just under 800 in South Australia and about 8,000 cases of pack in South Australia. Right. So it'd be pretty exclusive. Might be hard to get hold of in a couple of weeks, Beach. Yeah, I think it'll probably last maybe six or seven weeks, hooky, with, with kegs and probably... 12, 12 to 14 weeks with, with cans. So what do you do? Is that just a bit of an example of let's put our toe in the water, see how uh, the punters respond, and if it's really popular, then we're back into the shop? Yeah, not not quite sort of as simple as that. There's around about a 12, month, uh, 12 months of research that goes into any any new particular product. So we're looking at what trends, what are the emerging trends yeah. in, in the beer category, and, and just – I guess, dipping the toe in the water with those particular trends. We, we brought out a hazy IPA this time last year uh, as a seasonal or limited release as well. So um, that, that Australian IPA is another example of that. Uh, okay, so we're seeing a, a remarkable transformation in the beer market yep. at the moment. It's become uh, far, I mean, less regulated probably isn't the right term, but you know, a lot of micro brewers bobbing up everywhere. How do you continue as a larger brewer to meet that market demand? Yeah, they're a nuisance. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> However, COVID has has seen a reduction in offerings on tap for a lot of hoteliers, publicans uh, around the uh, around the country. And COVID's actually been really good for us. You know, our, our numbers are we're we're four percent up after after nine and a half months this financial year compared wow. to last, which which is quite incredible. And they're coming back to local brews. They're coming back to tried and tested. And and they know that the quality, when they drink a Cooper's beer, they know the quality will be very high. Mm. So 
it's certainly been a, a real um, a real positive for us coming back trying Coopers because a lot of these drinkers know about Coopers and have drunk Coopers for a long time, but then they go and dip their toe in in the water with these other crafty beers, and that's mm. what I mean by they're a nuisance because mm. while they're buying a four pack of something else, you know, Hookie's Armpit Ale or whatever it's called, <laughs> they're, they're obviously not buying Coopers, you know, the tried and true Coopers beer. It's a trademark that I'm going to uh, establish very shortly. Hookie's Armpit Ale. That's going to be very very popular indeed. Are you not involved just with the Norwood Football Club? You had the Fringe, the Garden of Unearthly Delights. How, how successful was that for you? Yeah, a real different, a real different Fringe and Festival this year, Hooky. But thankfully, we were able to have a festival and, and a Fringe. And you know, if you if you really think long and hard about it, it was the only Fringe that was taking place in the world at that time. So even though there was restrictions in capacities and that affected volumes and the like. To be just so fortunate to be able to have something when it really looked like we're going to have nothing at all. So we're involved with the Garden of Unearthly Delights. We've been there for 10 years. We've been involved with Gluttony for the last five. We've been involved in WOMAD since their inception, so 27 years ago. We're involved in the Adelaide Festival. We have had a long association with the Supercars, which ended at the end of last year after nine years. And other major sports like the Australian Open Tennis were involved in for, for, for three years. So it's not just local but it's also looking at looking at national lens as well. We've been talking to Brent Felice. He is the sales manager, marketing and events or something like that. I can't even remember the title you gave me, Beach, but it'd make great to have you on board. I'll tell you what, if you know anything about the Norwood Football Club, then you know plenty about Cooper's Brewery, who have been wonderful supporters of the football club for so many years. Beach, thanks for joining us. No problems at all, Hookie. Uh, so that is the end of our program. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Of course, tomorrow night we're back home at Cooper Stadium. That's where it all happens. We're taking on North Adelaide. Looking forward to your company at that game. Massive clash for us. We're on top. They're sitting in ninth. We hope to keep that sort of form rolling. See you tomorrow night at the footy. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.